book of Joshua, Joshua chapter number 1, and we're reading verse number 8 this morning. Joshua chapter 1, Joshua chapter number 1, and verse number 8. The Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, say then, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I'm using for my subject today, setting yourself up for success. Setting yourself up for success. Father, I thank you today for the word of the Lord. Father, I thank you that it is... uh, Lord, it it is a road map. I thank you, Father, that that it is an owner's manual. Father, I thank you, Lord, that it is the greatest success book that has ever been written. God, I just pray today that you will help us, all of us this morning, set ourselves up for success. Your anointing rests upon the message and the messenger today, all for the glory of God. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Well, you may be reseated this morning. I'm persuaded that if I were to ask this auditorium, uh, all the people in this auditorium this morning, the question, who in this room today wants to be successful? No doubt every single hand would go up. Today is January the 20th. Here we are at the beginning of a brand new year. Now most people are, are hoping that 2013 will be better for them than the year 2012. Because they want the new year to be better than the old year. Because of that, they have made some New Year's resolutions in hopes of becoming successful in the coming year. The problem with the New Year's resolution is New Year's resolutions are usually broken very, very quickly. Statistics tell us that 40% of all New Year's resolutions are broken by January 31st. And 75% of New Year's resolutions are broken by Valentine's Day, just six weeks into the new year. You see, success is not determined by short-term change. Success is determined by how you live your life on a consistent basis basis. It's not a New Year's resolution that will bring about success in your life. It's a new lifestyle resolution that will eventually reward you with success. Let me ask you the question this morning. Are you setting your life up for success or failure? I understand that no one would intentionally set themselves up for failure, and yet, and yet people do it every single day. You say, Pastor, can we actually set ourselves up for success? Absolutely. And I believe that the Bible bears this out. So, I want to share three things with you today that, that we can do to set ourselves up for Success. And the first thing that we need to do 
And it is imperative. And that is we need to define success. Define success. You see, the problem with too many people today is their definition of success. Uh, to them, success is, is defined by possessions and positions and popularity and power. Now, let me say that success might include some of these things. Success might provide some of these things. Let me say there is certainly absolutely nothing wrong with these things in and of themselves. Let me tell you this morning, just because you have more stuff than the average Joe, just because you have a a high-powered position or you receive the applause from all of your peers... These things do not necessarily mean that you are successful. And just because you seem to be behind the average person in stuff, and behind the average person in placement on the corporate ladder, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are not successful. We need to define success. Let me give you my definition for success. It's in your notes. Success, I believe, is determining your purpose in life and then passionately pursuing it. That's success. That's it. Has nothing to do with your car. Has absolutely nothing to do with where you live. Has absolutely nothing to do with how much money that you have in the bank. Has absolutely nothing to do with the title that you hold. Success is as simple as finding out why God placed you here on planet earth and then getting busy and going about your life, doing your best to be faithful and to be fruitful in your calling. And by the way, you do have a calling. It's not just full-time ministers that have a calling. All of us have a calling. To be a godly husband or wife is a calling. To be a loving, nurturing, godly example of a father or mother is a calling. To be a witness at work. To be light in a dark place. That is a calling. Three keys I'm giving you this morning to set yourself up for success. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to define success. The second thing you're going to have to do if you're going to set yourself up for for success is you're going to have to devour God's word. Because God's Word, the Bible, is the greatest success book ever written. You can go to the library, you can go to the bookstore, and you can see rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of books by countless authors on success. But I'm telling you that the greatest book on success ever written is the Bible. And so if you're going to set yourself up for success, you better know what the Bible says and you better start doing what the Bible says. It's as simple as that. 
Joshua 1 and 8. Study this book of instruction. This book of what? Book of what? Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure and be sure that you obey everything written in. Only then will you prosper and only then will you succeed in everything that you do. God's word is, is his owner's manual for living. Now, you're probably better at it than me, but I've never read, I've never read the owner's manual of my car. I look at it every once in a while, I, you know, to see what need, whatever, but I don't read it. A car would be a lot better, probably. My car would probably like me a lot better if I'd read the manual. <laughs> I don't read the manual. But in the manual, the owner's manual of your car, it'll tell you, it'll tell you how best to maintain your car. It'll tell you how many miles you need to go before you have an oil change. It'll tell you what kind, what type, what, what weight of oil that is best for your automobile. It will tell you when, you know, the belts need to be changed. It'll tell you uh, when things need to be maintained. And if you'll read the owner's manual and you'll do what it says to do, you'll get a lot better service out of your car and it'll last a long, 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 long time. Now my truck almost has 150,000 miles on it right now, so if I don't read, no telling how far I could take that if I'd read the owner's manual. I do look at it and I do know what it recommends and I do most of the things that it recommends. Kind of like some of you, you know basically what this says and you do most of what it says. God's word is his owner's manual for living. It tells us how to get the most out of our lives. God's word is the greatest. I've already said it three times. I'll say it again. It's the greatest book ever written on success. Now, I've gone through scripture and I pulled out seven things that the Bible tells us to do if we want to be successful. I'm not saying this is everything the Bible says we ought to do, but I've pulled out seven things the Bible says we should do in order to set ourselves up for success. And yes, my friend, we can set ourselves up for Success, not by some short-term change or temporary resolution, but by implementing the principles of the Word of God into our lives and make them a part of our DNA. Not doing these things for a few weeks, not hit or miss, but consistently practicing and participating and producing these principles in our everyday lives. And the key word is consistency. So if you want to set yourself up for success, start doing these seven things on a consistent basis. Let's get started this morning. The first thing, if you're going to set yourself up for success, the first thing you're going to have to do, according to the Word of God, is dispense honor to your parents. You say, Pastor, what in the world does honoring your parents have to do with success? Only everything. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. With a promise. With a what? What's the promise? Verse number 3, if you honor your father and your mother, things will go well for you. 
I'm talking about how to set yourself up for success. If you want to set yourself up for your uh, for success, then you will dispense honor to your parents. You will show honor to your mother and your father that things may go well for you. And and Paul said you will have a long life on planet Earth. You, you, you might say, but pastor, my, 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 my parents, they're a mess. Or you might say, well, well pastor, my, my, my life, my life is a wreck. My life is a mess. Well, let me ask you, how are you treating your parents? Are you honoring them? You, you say, but pastor, my father is a drunk. Pastor, you don't understand, my, my father beats up on my mother. Well, listen, the Bible doesn't have any loopholes. The Bible doesn't say honor honorable mothers and honorable fathers. It simply says honor your father and your mother, period. Now, sometimes we can honor the person because they are honorable. Sometimes we cannot honor the person in that time. Then we need to uh, honor the position. If you cannot honor your parents for how they act, honor them for who they are. Because no matter how they act, they are still your mama and your daddy. And God made it a commandment. Honor your father and your mother. Do you want to set yourself up for success? Honor your father and your mother. If you do, the Bible says things will go well for you. On the other hand, Proverbs 20 and 20 says that if you insult your father or mother, your light will be snuffed out in total darkness. How do you set yourself up for success? Let me give you a little more help. Demonstrate generosity. Demonstrate generosity. You know what the philosophy of most Americans is today? It's get all you can, then can all you get, then guard that can. The Bible actually teaches that that the more generous that you are, the more that you give away, the more will come to you. That's what the Bible says. See, I believe that most people don't really believe the Bible. They they, they pick and choose what they believe. Because they sure don't practice it. The Bible actually teaches that the more generous that you are and the more that you're willing to give away, the more that is going to come to you. Luke 6 and 38 says, Give and it will be given to you. Proverbs 11 verse 24 and 25, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy. And lose everything. The generous, still reading, 
The generous will prosper. And those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And Proverbs 21 and 26 says, Some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. I've got a question for you this morning. Are you godly? Are you? I am godly. Oh, yeah. Are you generous? Are you a giver? Just saying. Proverbs 22 and 9 says people who are generous are blessed. Do you want to set yourself up for success? Do you you want your life to be blessed? Then demonstrate generosity. Become a generous and a giving person. Be a good tipper. Let me tell you something. If you stiff the waitress on Sunday after you leave here, do not leave a bulletin with our name on it. Do not leave a track that looks like money. They don't want your track. They want your money. They got to pay their bills just like you go, pay your, well, I've already paid for the meal and now they want a tip. Well, that's the way it works. If you don't like it, stay out of the restaurant. What if your son or your daughter was the waiter or waitress? What if your grandkid was the waiter or waitress? Well, that's somebody's kid. That's somebody's grandkid. That's somebody's mother. That's somebody's father. Amen. Be free with your compliments and words of encouragement. Be a giver, not just in dollars and cents, but in everything. Be a giver. Be generous. Be generous with your time and your talent and your treasure. Don't give them to just anyone, but to those who will appreciate it, to those who will profit from it. Demonstrate generosity. Remember what I always say, if God can get it through you, He'll get it to you. How many want to set themselves up for success this morning? Let me tell you what else the Bible says. You want to set yourself up for success? Deal fairly with people. This comes right out of the success manual. Deal fairly with people. Proverbs 11 and 1 says that the Lord detests the use of dishonest scales. But He delights in accurate weights. And in Proverbs 22 and 16 says, A person who gets ahead by, by oppressing the poor will end up in poverty. If you want to set yourself up for success, if you, if you want God's blessings on your business, if you want God's blessings upon your work, upon your labor, deal fairly with people. Treat people right. Amen. Jesus said it like this. He said, Do unto others... As 
you would have others do unto you or treat other people the way you want other people to treat you. If you want to set yourself up for failure, then mistreat people. If you want to set yourself up for failure, then take advantage of people. Several years ago, one of my brothers called me and asked me for a loan. He was in business and didn't have money to pay his hands. If he didn't have workers, he wouldn't have a business. And he called me and he asked me, he said, I need, and he told me how much money, and it was a considerable amount of money, to pay my hands. And he said, Mike, I'll pay you 20% interest. Oh, you know, interest at the time was probably 5, 6, 7%, I don't remember. 20% interest? I called him by name and I said, I wouldn't charge my worst enemy 20%. I'm certainly not going to charge my own brother 20%. There will be no interest on this loan. By the way, that was about, how many, maybe 20 years ago, maybe? Not only has there not been any interest, Enough said. But I've always had a standard reply. And I've always told my wife, I said, you know what? I'm just grateful I'm on the lending end. And not the borrowing end. So yeah, we lost some money. But God's good. And I've never asked him for it one time. I've never, I've never made him feel bad about it. What good is that going to do? <laughs> you cannot mistreat people and have the blessing of God on your life. Notice the next thing. If you're going to set yourself up for success, dedicate your stuff to God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you have. Then He will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you dedicate your stuff to God when you get it? Do you dedicate your stuff to God when you get it? Let me ask you something else. Do you pray over your stuff? I do. If I get a new car, by the way, now it's a one owner, low mileage used car. That's the way to buy them. That's another sermon. I'm driving that home. I place my hands on the steering wheel. I say, God, this is not my car. It's your car. And God, I give this car to you. I give this car to ministry. I give this car to you. I dedicate this car to you, and I give this car to you. Well, you're really spiritual. No, I'm smart. 
That's when it breaks down. I say, God, you got a problem with your car. Anytime I get anything new, new car, new house, new investment, I dedicate it to God. I give it to God. It's His anyway. He's the one who gives me everything I have. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father. So I acknowledge God as my source. Now, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm not trying to be uh, cute this morning or anything else. But let me just tell you, New Bethel is not my source. Now, God is using New Bethel to provide for me right now. But New Bethel is not my source. I was 48 years old when I became pastor of this church and God had provided for me for 48 years before I even heard of Bethel in Arlington. And one day, hopefully many years from now, I will no longer be lead pastor of this church. And I'm pretty sure this church won't want to continue paying me after I'm gone. Pretty sure of that. Kind of think that's the way it works. So, if this church is my source, I'm in trouble. So daily I acknowledge God as my source and thank Him for being Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And daily I pray over my stuff. I pray a hedge of protection over my whole family. I call them all by name. And I pray a hedge of protection around all of my family. And I plead the blood of Jesus over all of my family and call them by name every single day. And I also pray a hedge of protection and plead the blood of Jesus and pray for my stuff. Let me just give you one, one simple example of how I pray over my stuff. I have two rental properties. I've always dabbled in rentals for about 30 years. And I have two little rental properties. I don't make any money on them right now. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to build uh, my future retirement. Well, I have income coming in when I'm not the pastor of this church, not receiving a salary. So it's just a part of my future retirement plan. It pays to pray over your stuff. A few weeks ago, some squirrels or some other critter dug a hole in the roof of one of my rental properties. Evidently, there's already a little hole or something. They just, but they big old hole about like that. Neighbor was putting up Christmas lights and told the renter, "You got a big old hole." And then he called me and, "Yeah, ooh, wow." So I called, a, I called a roofer out to look at it because I was, you know, have it repaired. And, I, you know, thinking, you know, I can get some money from insurance to get this repaired. And roofer said, uh, uh, that, that, some critter did that. Some critter did that. And no need even calling your insurance company because they won't pay for that. There's no coverage for a critter messing up your stuff. Okay. 
I thought to myself, but he don't understand. I pray over my stuff every day. So I ignored what the roofer said and I called the insurance and they sent an adjuster out and I met the adjuster and we got up on the roof and here's this big old hole and the adjuster says, well, this was the act of some critter. And just like the roofer said, there's no coverage for that. The insurance company will not pay off. But while I'm up here, let me just look around. And maybe I can find some other stuff. Some old hail damage or wind damage or while I'm here. Well, hour later she calls me. She says, how does it, would it sound to you if we would replace your whole roof? Hallelujah. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to get it, you know, repaired. And I get $6,500 for a 15-year-old roof. Huh? Dedicate your stuff to God. Pray over your stuff. Recently, my wife and I were out of town. It's a while back. My daughter says, Daddy, we need to put my car in the shop. Could Could I borrow your little truck while you're gone? Sure, baby, you can borrow Daddy's truck. Somebody rear-ends my daughter in my truck while I'm gone. She feels so bad. I don't know why. It's just stuff. And she says, Daddy, I'm sorry. Baby, they rear-ended you. It's their fault. No problem. Their insurance will pay. No big deal. Don't worry about it. Their insurance says, go here. Tell them what, what happened and blah, blah, blah. They write me a check for... I can't remember exactly, $1,500 to replace my bumper and do a couple of things. $1,500. Just write me a check. I go cash the check. I go to a friend. I say, hey, my truck's eight years old. It's got 150,000 miles on it. I want a good job, but it doesn't have to look like brand spanking new. I just want you to just, just, just paint my bumper. Just get it back to where it looks as good as it did before. Well, it looks better than it did before. And he charged me 250 bucks. I gave him 300 put 1200 in my pocket. It pays to pray pray over your stuff. Amen? Hey, not only does it, it pays to be one of my renters. They got a new roof. Not only did they get a new roof, but not only do I pray over my property every day, I pray over my Tenants every day. Because I want them employed, because I want them to pay their rent. And so I pray a blessing over my renters nearly every single day. I'm talking about setting yourself up for success. How many believe we can do it? Got to hurry. All right, let's go on. Tell you something else you can do defend the weak and the poor. Proverbs. Chapter 19 and verse number 17 says, If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord. And He will repay you. 
On the other hand, Proverbs 21 and 13 says, those who shut their ears to the cry of the poor will be ignored in their own time of need. And Proverbs 28 and 27 says, whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but but those who close their eyes will be cursed. You see, God has a special place in His heart for the, for the weak and the poor. And if we have the heart of God, then we will too. Let me just pause just for a second and say we need to be very, very careful to make sure it is a legitimate need before we open our heart and open our wallet. Because there are many scam artists and leeches that will prey on the sympathy and take advantage of us. You know, so, 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 sometimes, I, I just don't understand it. Sometimes I, I think if, if these people would simply work as hard at working <laughs> as they work at scamming and faking and trying to get out of work, if they would work that hard at working, I think maybe they'd do pretty good financially. <laughs> All that being said, there are a host of legitimate needs out there, and they're not too far from us. Another thing, and I'm hurried, I'm going to be done in five minutes, Maybe. The next one, develop positive relationships. We talk about this on an ongoing and regular basis because it is so crucial. It is absolutely crucial to our success. You see, you see, I am your pastor today for two reasons. Number one, God placed me here, and there's no doubt in my mind that God placed me here. I'm here because God put me here. But number two, God used the relationships as the vehicle to get me here. Somebody who was related to somebody that I knew was the source that God used to get me informed about this church. Without that relationship, I would never even have known about the church. If you want to set yourself up for success, you will develop positive relationships. And let me tell you something. Someone knows someone that knows someone that knows someone that is the key that will unlock the door for you. And if that particular door is unlocked and open for you, it could provide for you some incredible blessing and opportunity that will absolutely blow your mind. It really is true. It's not what you know, but... Proverbs 13 and 20, walk with the wise and you will become wise. Associate with fools and you'll get into trouble. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, bad company corrupts good character. So if you want to succeed, get some successful people in your life. If all you do is surround yourself with a bunch of turkeys, you're going to turn out to be a... Surround yourself... Get some successful people in your life and then watch them and see what they do and see what they don't do and ask them questions and listen and take notes when they talk and do what they say. Had a phone call yesterday, an incredible phone call from a member of this church saying, Pastor, I just want you to know we are listening and we are doing. Wow. That's a novel idea. I thought you were just supposed to be here just because it's your duty to be in church and listen for 40 minutes. What most people do, but there are a few people that actually listen, actually take notes, actually apply, actually do something about what they're being taught. Now, be nice to, but don't spend a lot of time with negative people. Their negative attitude will get off of them and get right on to you. And nobody succeeds with a negative attitude. 
Last thing I've pulled from God's word that will help set you up for success is delight yourself in the small things. You know, Christmas and your birthday only comes around twice a year. Raises and bonuses and promotions, they don't come around very often. If you're only happy when something big happens to you, your happiness is going to be very sparse. Learn to delight in the small things in life. This past Monday, as I drove to work about 7.15 or so, there was sleet on the ground. It was cold. Uh, It would have been a really, really good day to just pull the covers up over your head and hibernate, maybe have some hot chocolate or coffee and... And I could have complained. Now, I'm not saying I never complained. I just didn't that day, okay? It just worked really good for this sermon, okay? <laughs> I, I, I could have complained because I don't like cold weather. I, I, I could have complained and I could have began to sing the blues. But instead, I began to thank God. Amen. And I just started talking out loud. I do that. I guess the older you get, the more you talk to yourself. And I said out loud as I was driving to work, I said, God, God, I thank you for this warm truck I'm riding in this morning. And I said, God, I thank you for this hot, bold, killer cup of Starbucks coffee I've got in my mug right now that I made at home for cheap. And God, I thank you for this 99 cent Sausage biscuit I just got from McDonald's. <laughs> I did. And I said, God, I thank you that I'm on my way to a nice, warm, comfortable office to work. Because, God, I remember when I worked construction 30, 35 years ago. I remember when I worked when it was zero degrees. I remember when I was so cold and so miserable working in the cold. And God, I am so thankful. I'm in this warm truck with this hot cup of coffee on my way to a nice, comfortable office where I get to spend time in your presence and study your word and commune with you and get paid for it. You want to set yourself up for success? Learn to delight in the small things. Amen. Proverbs 15 and 15 says, For the, de- for the despondent, every day brings trouble. But for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. Let me tell you something. You can find what you're looking for. I could have looked for every reason to grumble on Monday, every reason to complain, every reason to sing the blues, or I could look for every reason to be grateful, thankful, happy, content, and fulfilled. That day I chose the right path. The despondent, for the despondent, every day brings trouble. But for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. And Proverbs 17 and 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps 
a person's strength. If the worship team would get back in place, I'll try and stop this morning. I'm giving you three keys to setting yourselves up for success. The first one is define success. The second one is devour God's word. And the third one, and finally, we're going to do it really, really quickly, and that is design a life's plan. Somebody said, he who aims at nothing never misses. Let me ask you this this morning. If you don't know where you are going, how will you know when you get there? I'm out of time. So let me just say this as the worship team gets ready this morning. Let me just encourage you to sit down and design a life plan. Start with where you're at. Start with where you are and draw an, a line and an arrow to where you want to finish. Start where you are and draw a line and an arrow to where you want to finish. And then in between where you are and where you want to finish, fill in that space with your plan on how you are going to get from where you are to where you want to end up. Pastor, got any, got any Bible for that? You just happened to have some. Proverbs 4, verse 26 and 27 says, Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the path. Don't get sidetracked. That's a good three-point sermon right there. It'll probably come around again. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the path. Don't get sidetracked. Let me tell you, it's the enemy's job to get you sidetracked. And he doesn't always use bad things. The greatest enemy to great is good. I'm over time. I've got to quit. Proverbs 14 and 15, the prudent carefully consider their steps. You see, success is not, stand with me this morning, I'll try and go ahead. Success is not determined by short-term change or resolutions. Success is determined by how you live your life on a consistent basis. If you will do what God's Word instructs you to do, if you will do it consistently, you are guaranteed success. Never forget what the true definition for success is. Success is discovering your purpose in life and then passionately pursuing it. Success is as simple as, as just finding out why God placed you on planet Earth and doing, do, then doing your best to go about your life doing it. How many of you this morning want to set your life up for success? You want to set yourself up for success? If you do, come on down to the front. Move quickly. We're already time. I should already be out of here. But I don't want to give, I don't want to short you this morning. Amen. Come on down this morning. Come on down this morning. Spend time in his presence today. Well, wow, what an awesome time this has been. What incredible, incredible worship today. Incredible presence of God. Wonderful, wonderful teaching. Not because I was a teacher, but because it's straight out of the word of God. I believe I'm successful today. I'm not bragging on myself. But success, all it means is to know 
what God placed you on planet earth to do and do it passionately. And that's what I've discovered what God wants me to do and I do it with passion. So I'm successful. It has nothing to do with how much money I have in the bank. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have anything to do with how much my salary is. It has nothing to do with what car I drive. What, what my address is. What my country club membership is. And by the way, I don't have one. Yet. Father, I just pray today, Father, that the Word that has been shared today, Father, the Word, Lord, the Word, has come straight from Your Word today. God, I pray that Your Word today will get down into the heart of Your people today. God, this will not just be another sermon that we've listened to and we go out and we don't do anything different, we don't change anything, we just go about business as usual. But God, I pray that You will help all of us today to set ourselves up for success by simply doing these seven things and other things that Your Word says. We will devour the Word of God. It will become a part of our DNA. We'll be consistent. We'll be consistent in it. And because we're, we are consistently doing Your Word, we will be blessed and we will have success in our life. Thank you, Father. Can we sing this morning? Is there's nothing worth more that will ever come close Nothing can compare You're our living hope Your presence As I've tasted and seen Of the sweetest of loves Where my heart becomes free Shame is undone Your presence, Lord Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Come flood this place and fill the What our hearts long for To be overcome By your presence, Lord Your presence, Lord Cause there's nothing worth more
just experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your awesome service we had this morning. Well, we are dismissed. Um, If you're a guest with us, don't forget to turn in your connection card at our Welcome Center. We want to connect with you this morning. Everybody else, have a wonderful afternoon, and God bless you.